Hello, welcome to HVAC Tech Tips Podcast presented to you by CE. My name is Jack Kaufman. I'm a customer assurance manager here with CE. Disclaimer, all information in the HVAC Tech Tips Podcast is intended for licensed HVAC professionals. All electrical, mechanical, and plumbing work should be performed by licensed trade professionals only. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Episode 4, Dehumidification with Brooks Whitson. Brooks is one of our customer assurance managers here at CE. Brooks actually provides tech support and training. And over to you, Brooks. Hey, thanks, Jack. All right, so we're going to talk about the history of dehumidification. It's an important part of our trade and what we do. So we're going to do a little time traveling. We're going to go back to the day of Willis Carrier. Uh, when he was first starting out, he was an apprentice for the Buffalo Forge Company. That's when he was approached by the Sackett and Wilhelms Printing Company. Uh, they're out of Brooklyn, New York, and he was approached with a problem. The problem was there were magazine pages that they are printing and they were wrinkling and they found that this was due to excessive temperatures and humidity. Well, Willis, he designed a machine that his goal was to maintain an average of 55% relative humidity and also have the same effect as milling 108,000 pounds of ice. His original model used an artesian well that delivered cold water as its medium. The cold water was pumped through coils where humid air from the factory was drawn in by ducts and blown across the cold coils. Humidity was removed and the drier air was blown back into the space. In 1903, he upgraded uh, his original design uh, to using an ammonia compressor system and was able to increase his moisture removal. He successfully solved the printing company's problem and was on his way to changing the standard for indoor air comfort. So I think it's important for us to, you know, know kind of where our history and dehumidification comes from, but also just to kind of talk in general about, you know, you know good words and definitions and things that can just make us a, a better technician or uh, just, you know, whatever your involvement in this industry is, just to understand it better. So there's a couple things that I wrote in this podcast that I want to talk to everyone about. Um, you know, first, uh, when it comes into relative humidity, the EPA, they recommend a 30 to 60% relative humidity for ideal occupancy conditions. I mean, that's where you're going to have the least amount of microbial growth. Um, that's where we as humans are most comfortable is between 30 and 60%. And that's year round. Uh, so, you know, in the winter time, um, you might not be able to achieve 60% humidity and nor probably do you want that because you might have uh, moisture on your windows, but you want to probably be between 30 and, you know, 40, 40%. And, it, and it's all relative to, to temperatures. And so anyways, the, the benefits to dehumidification is excess moisture can aggravate allergies. Uh, asthma increases with higher relative humidity levels. Uh, proper levels can help with preventing some mold growth. And you also can feel more comfortable. Have you ever noticed that on a hot day that after an evening rain, it, it cools off immediately? That's evaporative cooling. A lot like our own bodies, uh, you know, uses evaporative cooling. We, we have perspiration. Higher humidity levels will slow down how fast your body's perspire and can evaporate off your skin. That is why we are more uncomfortable in humid days. Our evaporative cooling 
is slowed down. So some important words to understand uh, with dehumidification. So we'll start dehumidification. It's the process of removing moisture from any given space without changing the dry bulb temperature. Relative humidity. This, one use, this one's probably used the most in our industry and, and just as a standard for humidity. Relative humidity is the amount of moisture in one pound of air compared to how much moisture that one pound of air can hold at a given temperature. Specific humidity. Specific humidity is the precise droplets of water in one pound of dry air. Uh, for example, there are 7,000 grains that make up one pound of water. So it's 7,000 miniature droplets of moisture make up one pound of water. Dew point. Dew point is the temperature of the air that is fully saturated. Almost like refrigerant, when you have refrigerant, you have a saturation temperature. If you have a refrigerant that is heated above your saturation temperature, you now have a superheated refrigerant. If it's cooled below the saturation temperature of the refrigerant, that is a subcooled refrigerant. So think about dew point almost as kind of like refrigerant. So if you have less than 55 degrees of dew point, usually you're going to be dry and comfortable. If it's 55 to 65 degrees of dew point outside, it's going to start to feel kind of sticky to you. If it's 65 degrees and higher with a dew point temperature, that's when you're really oppressive. Um, you're not want to go outside and do much activities. You're going to want to be mainly inside. For proper humidity removal, the evaporator coil needs to be colder than the inside dew point. That's very important. So if you don't have a coil that's actually getting below dew point, you're not properly removing your moisture. The recommended AC CFM per ton in humid climates is 350 to 400 CFM per ton. That's in our area, which is the mid-Atlantic region. Some manufacturers can run the fan speed at less than 325 CFM per ton for increased moisture removal for short periods of time, and that helps with dehumidification. Keep in mind that air conditioning airflow that is decreased to help dehumidify won't only drop the temperature of the indoor coil, but it also will lower the temperature of the supply um, of the ductwork. Any unconditioned air that is a, has a higher dew point temperature than the duct surface will condense on the ductwork. Note, this is very important, duct sweating is not a system issue. It's not a manufacturer issue. To solve this, you either insulate the ducts or fix the infiltration, meaning you have unconditioned air that's hitting this cold ductwork that's below the dew point. It's naturally going to sweat. So you either insulate the ducts or you fix the infiltration. So there's a couple different types of dehumidification out there. Um, one is the central air conditioner. That is a natural dehumidifier. That's what Willis cares. Uh, uh, that's uh, Mr. Carrier. That's what he actually uh, invented. There's spray dehumidifiers. There's whole home dehumidifiers, um, portables, and also desiccant uh, dehumidification that uses uh, silica particles. 
a lot of times we see that with packaged uh, food. So whole home dehumidifiers can lower runtime of AC systems, which potentially can save money on utility costs. Mechanical dehumidifiers pass room air through an evaporator and it extracts the moisture through the evaporator coil and then reheats it through the condenser section and the air leaves the dehumidifier and now it's warm dry air. Example, cold dry air can hold less moisture than warm dry air. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with a psychrometrics chart. Uh, if not, look it up sometimes. I mean, this is a very good tool to help plot any type of, um, you, know, you know, any type of indoor uh, quality or, or, you know, if you have any type of issues and you're questioning your system's performance, a psychrometrics chart can come in handy. So, so anyways, let's take a psychrometrics chart and pick a specific humidity ratio, okay? So, and, and you can pick any, any of them, uh, any ratio you want. Just, you just pick one. Use the same ratio for two different dry bulb temperatures. Make a dot where the specific humidity intersects the first dry bulb. So, for example, use 72 degrees as your first dry bulb temperature. Now, plot a much lower dry bulb temperature, say maybe 65 degrees, okay? So, both 72 and 65 degrees are going to have the same humidity ratio, okay? Now, the lower dry bulb temperature will always have a higher relative humidity temperature because warm air can hold more moisture than cold air. So, the, and, and it all comes back to relative humidity. It's all relative to the temperature. You know, warm, warmer air has, it can hold more moisture in the air. You know, colder air, it, it can't hold as much moisture in the air. So you can have the same amount of moisture, but you're going to have a higher relative humidity at a lower temperature. So that's, that's important to understand. In, in a psychrometrics chart, once you, once you understand how to read it, it can actually help you understand that very well. Whole home dehumidifier manufacturers, uh, they have different sizing charts that can help you size one from a potential customer or, or business. And you usually size them off of the, the air changes per hour in the building, the square footage, and also the climate region. So those three factors are important with sizing a, a whole, whole house, whole uh, type building dehumidifier. So a couple tips that I came up with for dehumidifying uh, or things that I think is important for techs uh, to, to know, if you don't know. Running the fan 24-7 can even at room temperatures uh, or temperature differences, but in the summer, that can raise your relative humidity level. This is because when the outdoor unit shuts off, the wet indoor coil, uh, the temperature raises above the dew point, and the moisture in the coil starts to evaporate back into the airstream. Giving the evaporator coil time to dry off um, will actually help keep your relative humidity level at a minimum. Inverter-driven compressors, they have an advantage because, you know, they have longer run cycles and, you know, basically the air is passing over coil that's below dew point um, more frequently. So that's a good thing about inverters. Oversized systems can cost more energy but also won't have enough time to run it or extract moisture out of the air. The compressors are averaging more amps per hour based on startups, and there's a stabilization period until the system reaches maximum sensible and latent absorption. 
oversized equip equipment or misapplied equipment can give you the refrigerator effect. Um, and I'm doing the air quotes right now. <laughs> but basically, it's going to feel, you know, clammy, cold. Uh, it's not going to feel comfortable, you know. So, you know, I was doing some research on this, Jack, and I found a good article uh, through Honeywell. So I just was trying to, uh, you know, get some sort of uh, case study, some sort of proof here. And uh, I stumbled across Honeywell on their website. They have a good case study, and it's, it's about dehumidification and oversized equipment. So I want to kind of go over that a little bit with everybody. Um, so basically, it was the Sycamore School in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it's a school for gifted children, if you don't know. It's, it's a 56,000-square-foot building, and in the summertime, they were averaging about 80 to 90% relative humidity um, because their equipment was oversized. They went through numerous bids to solve their humidity issue. Uh, one contractor suggested sealing the building to prevent infiltration. Another contractor recommended installing individual classroom units. There were several options, but you know all of them were costly. The school board decided on one local contractor's recommendation. Their solution was to add multiple sensors and dampers to the current system. The goal was to get comfort exactly where it was needed. There, the end result was the new controls that were integrated into their current system made the compressor run longer, but it also was getting the right amount of air to, to the different you know, rooms of the school. So what happened was the, uh, the current for the compressors were limited and the system was actually over 50% cheaper than all the other options, you know, and they're averaging 50 to 60% relative humidity throughout the summer now. So in conclusion, on my end here, controlling indoor humidity levels is important to our comfort. Uh, there are several numerous solutions on dehumidification control. Whole home dehumidifiers help remove moisture, not just on hot days, but on cold rainy days when the AC doesn't need to run. So that's something to consider. Overcooling a space to dehumidify is an option. It may not be the right way to dehumidify when rooms are zoned, um, but it is an option. Systems with multiple cooling stages will help with keeping the indoor humidity level more stable due to the, their longer run times, like uh, two-stage systems, five-stage inverters. So the next time your customer has humidity issues, don't sweat the small stuff by dehumidifying. Yeah, one thing I'd like to add, Brooks, is uh, on the commercial side of things, uh, you know, for anybody out there that doesn't know, uh, if you're doing a commercial job, you know, all the, most all the manufacturers, you can get some uh, dehumidification options on your rooftop units, um, you know, reheat and different things like that. So if you do have a, uh, you know, requirement to uh, have better control of your uh, you know, humidity, that's something you need to look at. So I think we've touched on everything with uh, dehumidification, and I thank you for listening. Please let us know any topics you would like to hear about on our podcast. We can be reached at cma.techtips at carrierenterprise.com. And have a good day and listen again. Thanks.